Culturalists, lovers, haters, and everyone else in between. It's your man CJ Williams here with Culturalist Theory. And right about now, we need you to stand clear for the world premiere of our worst to first list on EPMD. Note, this list will not include any EPs nor their live album from 2019. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, show some love with a dead president or five or 10 with the super thanks button out there. With all that out the way, time to get down to our business as usual. Number seven, out of business. Just when EPMD fans had believed their beloved duo with the fishermen hats were gonna start a new streak of hits, not only do they change course and tell them that they're going out of business, they also go out in one of the worst ways possible. With the funky sound seemingly cleaned out, right with pedestrian claims that they're still the best, EPMD's sixth album is weak like clock radio speakers or whatever Jizza said. All the momentum they had upon reuniting in 97 had totally fizzled out just two years later. Symphony 2000 featuring Red and Meth was the lone single released, easily the best song on here. This is further evidenced by a second version of it minus the 2000 tag at the end of its name with MOP serving as the featured guest instead. Busta Rhymes is relegated to hook duty only on Rap Is Still Out Of Control, a shame because maybe he could have brightened up this otherwise dull track. At least Jane Six proved a decent listen. Clearly nobody was buying into this out of business sale as it was their first album not to go gold. Miraculously, it still reached number two on the hip hop and R&B charts and is their highest charting album on the Billboard 200 at number 13. But maybe that's because there was also a deluxe edition that bundled a best of EPMD CD with the package. Either way, we'll listen to that second disc over the first one 10 times out of 10 with ease. Number six, we mean business. Maybe Eric and Parrish woke up one day in the late 2000s, revisited that out of business LP and said to themselves, So back into the lab they went, and this time around, they let it be known from the jump that we mean business. The way they stomped back in the game alongside Staten Island's finest chef, Raekwon, on putting work in, gives the notion they never stopped rapping. Sermon was out to reclaim Diddy's key to the city on What You Talking, while Smith was busy performing lyrical lynchings on Rock the Spot. The tough talking emphasizing that they still mean business continues on joints like Acting Up, and the KRS-One featuring Run It. The Brick City masher they discovered many years ago returns to damage the mic on Yo, and what's an EPMD record without another entry into the Jane series? Lo and behold, the fellows did not disappoint, despite it being the shortest one yet. This order of business isn't without its missteps though, including Left for Dead, the commercial outfit Listen Up featuring Teddy Riley and Backstabbers, which makes poor use of the OJ's classic of the same name. If this remains their final album together, at least we can say they went out on their own terms, and a lot better than some of our favorite legacy acts. Number five, back in business. Out of thin blue air when absolutely nobody expected it, Sermon and Smith had patched up their differences and have gone back in business, effective September 16, 97. Seemingly the five-year split did them some good as their return single, The Joint, was well received, peaking at number 17 on the rap charts. Additionally, it was their only other joint to touch the Billboard 100 at 94. Richter scale didn't do much on any other scales of importance, but was still a good listen, as well as never seen before, which also found itself on the How To Be A Player soundtrack. They continued to wreck shop with the homies Daz effects on Intrigued, and then again with fellow Def Squad members Redman and Keith Murray on KIM, aka Keep It Moving. And because they haven't forgotten where they came from, the Green-Eyed Bandit and Mike Doc hit us with some nostalgic flavor on Get With This and You Gots To Chill 97. With only a few skips and useless interludes sprinkled in between, Back In Business is certainly worth revisiting, especially if it's been a minute since you've given it some play. Number four, Business Is 
usual. Although EPMD's third outing wasn't as well received as their first two joints, it still has a fair share of enjoyable tracks to snap next. Continuing to rock with the funky samples of Plenty, For My People is a dope track, which the game also used on his debut set for No More Fun and Games. Young rap heads at the time Manslaughter dropped surely had no idea that the Love Unlimited Orchestra was the source of sound behind this murderous melody, but they definitely remembered it being summoned for Destiny's Child's first hit, the No 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 remix alongside Wyclef Jean in 98. All true rap fans have heard the beat from Brothers on My Jock in or at least two other forms minimal. However, it was the first time a worldwide audience heard the Brick City MC born Reggie Noble in addition to hardcore. EPMD was up on game about Gold Diggers way back in 91, and it was their first jam to top the rap singles. 15 years later, Kanyezy would make his own iteration of the same name track number one on multiple charts across the globe. LL Cool J was in the house on Rampage and Art seemingly imitated life on the hit squad heist. What's understood doesn't have to be explained, fam. Take a deeper listen to give the people and you'll actually catch a serving of some socio-political food for thought. It's a fat chance that we'll ever win a grain unless we sell out. Kill the black woman dead, which means the swallow our pride and become plunky instead. No matter any critics' thoughts, business did indeed commence as usual, putting another 500,000 plus records, CDs, and tapes in systems nationwide. This project also completed the hat trick of three consecutive number one albums at the time. Bonus points to those who just netted that sports reference right there. Although Eric and Parrish had a five-year hiatus as EPMD, there was no shortage of music from the two individually. Sermon was the odd man in releasing his solo debut, No Pressure, in 93, and Double or Nothing in 95. Smith evened things up with with his first solo album, 1994's Shade Business, and the 96 follow-up Business Is Business. More solos would drop post the Out of Business era. They would also team up with fellow New Yorker Nas and that other E-man born Marshall Mathers on a track entitled EPMD2 from his King's Disease 2 album in 2021. And for those of you wondering where did Eric get the nickname E-Double from? Well, they originally went by E-E-P-M-D, standing for Easy Eric and Paris the Microphone Doctor, before simplifying it to the moniker we know and love. Although there was that time they updated it to mean Eric and Parrish Millennium Ducats. But anyway, on to the top three. Number three, business never personal. The impact that needed to be made with album number four was completed in less than 40 minutes and 11 tracks. In particular, a duo of their most successful singles to date, Headbanger featuring Redman and K-Solo, and Crossover. Of course, the irony of the latter track is that it was their only song to sell gold, and the last of the two that topped the rap singles charts. The rap era's out of control, brother selling their soul will go gold, going, going, gone, another rapper's soul. The timing couldn't have been better because due to the falling out of the pair shortly after its release, we'd be going for a half a decade without hearing these Brentwood brothers kick any rhymes together. And truly, these are the reasons why we place this album over business as usual. As you could probably gather by our previous statement, most of the tracks here are over before they really get going. Joints not to miss include Chill, Scratch Bring It Back Part 2, Can't Hear Nothing But The Music, and Play The Next Man. Fun fact about the album, although there's a parental advisory sticker on the front, some of the lyrics are still scratched out as if it were radio versions. Not sure what the deal was with that, but chalk it up as a business move, nothing personal. Number two, unfinished business. The microphone doctor and E-Double got their first taste of success and immediately went back in the lab as there was some unfinished business that they had to be tended to. Mainly neck snapping and check collecting so they could post up on those fly whips you see on the album cover. 
Even though main single, So What You Saying was the only track to chart from their sophomore set, this was during an era where trivial things like that didn't really matter like they would in the years to come. The album still went gold in a few months of its delivery, proving that the fan base was present. Amongst the stronger tracks included are the underground favorite, Please Listen to My Demo, with its chilled out melodies. I dreams of fancy cars on limos, and all I wanted was somebody to listen to my demo. Get the Bozak, known for rocking a sample that would later be the juice behind Darkman X's Get At Me Dog, and of course, Strictly Snapping Nicks. If LL's Def Jam in the Motherland made your head nod in the two months before this album's release, then so would It's Time to Party, possibly. Fellow Brentwood Spelling Bee champ Kevin Madison, better known as K Solo, was introduced on Nick Knack Paddywhack, which actually goes harder than the name would suggest. Legend has it that S.O. Lowe believed DMX bit his Spellbound track while they were in the clink together way back when, leading to the them taking jabs at one another on wax. But in the END, there's no D-E-B-A-T-E who had the better C-A-R-E-E-R. -E -E Nor is there any mass confusion on the legacy of this classic LP. Number one, Strictly Business. The union of big boy Eric Sermon with the noticeable lisp and the smooth flowing rugged talking Parrish Smith may have seemed the unlikely pair to go the distance at first, but any of that noise was quickly muted by the funky fresh grooves and braggadocia that covered their 1988 debut effort, Strictly Business. If you're questioning why they later dubbed themselves as pioneers, well, where do we begin? While their lead single, It's My Thing, is solid, it didn't resonate when released in 87. Jehovah's Camp would use the same track for what ended up being his first Billboard charting hit, Ain't No. The equally rockin' Let the Funk Flow, with a major assist from the JB's monorail, would be lifted for the love it or hate it joint Nostradamus in 1999. You already know how hard the title track and you gots to chill go. Which calm under pressure, no need to act ill. Listen when I tell you, boy. So enough said there. Not only was this album a great source for them to self-sample later, but when these fellas said that you're a customer, they meant business. A countless number of records wouldn't sound the same if it weren't for that joint right there, including Jodeci's Come and Talk to Me, Zane Sending My Love, and The Dog Pound's New York, New York, just to name a select few. The genesis of botched hookup stories was initiated here with Jane, of who 3L Scratch has to thank, as they bit off it for their minor hit, I'll Take Her, featuring Brian McKnight. Even the DJ gets some on his own track, DJ Kayla Boss. Although it took almost four months for the album to go gold versus the 30-day hyperbole they spit on So What You Saying, Strictly Business can still cold rock a party 35 years after its first run. All right, that's another one in the books for us here at Culturalist Theory. Once again, it's your man, CJ Williams. Click, click how you feel about our ranking in the comments below. And remember to hit that bell so you can be notified of our latest and greatest list. Until then, check out our videos on some more dope MCs from the NY right here. I'll catch you next time.